going on? Happy Monday to everybody in Sharks territory. It's the final day of the month, so glad to put the month of February behind us in Sharks territory. The Sharks have played eight games in the second month of 2022, and they've managed to win only two times, two times so far in the shortest month on the calendar year. And to that I say, at least they found a way to put together those victories going into the next month. The Sharks are now two for the last three. We're going to be looking on the positive side of things today, right? Everybody in Sharks territory is like just taking advantage, of course, you know, riding the whole win. Everything's starting to look good. Bob Boogner's starting to look like a hockey genius. <laughs> So much high praise for the bench boss last night following a victory that, quite frankly, as, as a Sharks fan, and I think just any fan in the National Hockey League for, you know, the other 31 clubs, you'd expect to beat the expansion team, right? Um, so, hey, what's going on? Thank you for the shout out on Facebook. Chris, we're doing good. We're about to jump into the whole Sharks versus Kraken game last night. Sharks finally beat Seattle for the first time in franchise history. Just took three tries. You know, third time's a charm. And um, it was a game of first, right? That's the overall theme. Uh, Ryan Dezingle, the newest Shark, gets his first goal until um, he also becomes the fourth ever player to score against the Kraken as a side note. So uh, Logan Couture did it first, followed by Tomas Hurdle and Timo Meyer in the second game that we played in Seattle, the first game in franchise history in Seattle, I might say. And um, yeah, so the Zingle is now there. Of course, Scott Reedy and Jonah Gajevich scoring their first NHL goals. So congrats to the Rooks. Uh, Scott Reedy's goal also became the first time in franchise history that a goal was scored with a complete set of rookies on the ice. So, yeah, you know, good. Feeling really good. Um, this this weekend of hockey was kind of looking like up and down, especially with what happened in, in with Boston. By the way, did anybody see that crazy... Uh, tweet that randy Hahn shared on twitter apparently uh, a boston fan wasn't very um we'll say he just didn't take kindly the way randy Hahn described how he seen the whole uh, mario ferraro injury go down with taylor hall um obviously that was probably the biggest more overshadowing news yesterday uh, mario ferraro we said it on saturday in the podcast and sure enough it was true broken ankle he underwent successful surgery to repair a fractured fibula but you could just tell you could just tell right away from the way he went to the boards the dead giveaway was grabbing the ankle and having to lean on teammates not being able to put weight on that foot i've been there before personally so that's why i kind of just you know, jumped right away and said, hey, he broke his ankle because that has happened to me before too. I played hockey 
and uh, my toe met where my ankle was and then went immediately back to the position just to give you an idea of how that went. So yeah, broken fibula. Um, I'll be honest with you. It takes about two to three months. Given the fact that Mario Ferraro has, you know, um, access to probably some of the best doctors in the Bay Area, who knows? We might be able to see him before the season is up. But if I had to put my money on it, I highly doubt it. I think that's the last time we'll see Ferraro lace up for the Sharks this year. And that'll be very interesting because he's due for a contract. He's due for an extension. So we'll see how that all plays out. And without a doubt, I'm sure he signs with the Sharks. Um, everyone is leaning on him to being one of the you know future leaders of the club. Uh, Reimer had high uh, remarks to say about him yesterday after the postgame. So let's kind of just jump right into that really quick before we start getting all over the place. But as a preview, what's going to be um, covered in tonight's podcast here. So uh, Ryan Dezingle, he scores the first goal against the Kraken. Um, you know, last night it was kind of starting to look like the whole Boston Bruin games on repeat, right? Um, the Sharks, if you missed it on Saturday, they only posted nine shots total on goal leading into the third period against Boston. And it was looking to be more or less the same last night against the Kraken. Obviously, the Sharks won, thank goodness. Um, but yeah, first period stats, Seattle with the whopping 19 shots on goal. James Reimer was putting in work right away. First 20 minutes. I mean, but that's like an average of a shot per minute, right? Practically. And then, um, on the other side of the ice, not getting too much pressure was, um, you know, the crack in net minder, only four shots on goal for the sharks. Uh, things obviously like it didn't obviously take too much because, again, Ryan Dezingle, he got his first goal as a shark. Um, and it was nice for him to do it in San Jose, right? Like, that was pretty dope to see him actually do it in front of the home crowd. Um, Logan Couture got his 22nd assist of the season, along with um, Gregor. He got his eighth. So they got the apples on that Dezingle goal. Um, Kraken. <laughs> what, what a last name. Morgan Geeky, <laughs> he scored his fourth goal. And the only reason why I'm mentioning the Kraken players on scoring that goal, he scored his fourth goal of the year. Uh, he tied it late in the first for the Kraken. But that was assisted by ex-Shark Donato, Ryan Donato. So that's his eighth assist of the season. So going into the uh, second period, you know, the Sharks are able to capitalize. You know, 25% of those shots, they got a goal, right? So uh, one for four. Anyways, uh, Scott Reedy, of course, with uh, Weatherby as an assist, he takes the lead. And I believe that's the one that kind of really stood out for Sharks fans. Um, Darren Steffens, if I'm not mistaken, if maybe it's Stevens, pardon, pardon me for uh, mispronunciation if I did. But he was the one to kind of break the, the news on Twitter as well. If you're not following us, by the way, on Twitter... I would definitely do that. If you don't have an account, it's definitely worth the interaction. Uh, you can follow us and find us at Shark City Hockey. But yeah, uh, Darren Stephens, he said, um, per the public relations of the National Hockey League, uh, last night was the first time in Sharks history, okay, that a goal was scored with five rookie skaters on the ice. Um, so the Sharks did score with four in the past, and that was in 2020 against New Jersey. 
it was practically a year ago. I mean, two years ago, pardon me. That was February 20th for the exact date. Um, so, yeah, I mean, just to go into some more stats for Reedy. He won 100% of his face-offs. He put the body on the Kraken twice, so he has two hits. He played 11 minutes, 25 seconds of the time on ice. So that was nice. Um, Gadjevich, he got his um, first career NHL goal as well. And he got that. He had one shot in the game, so it was money. It was money. And um, the reason I'm mentioning this uh, Gadjevich, by the way, he played a little bit more. I believe he played just over 17 minutes. But the reason why I'm kind of going a little bit on this outside of the fact that they're rookies with their first goals is how many times have you heard this season Sharks, you know, um, fans or TV personalities or, you know, media, whichever you want to call it. How many times have you heard them speak about the Sharks in depth scoring? If you listen to this podcast in the past, you would know that I was an advocate for finding that depth scoring in the future sharks in the prospects so look at what you got there reedy you know, just got his call up from the cuda uh, gadjevich obviously you know a lot of these guys are gonna get their opportunities with you know some of the roster spots being left open unfortunately it is for injury so i don't want to like um you know start speaking about how oh yeah just start you know injecting the youth when some of our some of the guys that we lean on who are leaders in our locker room are recovering from their surgeries. That's Carlson and Ferraro. Um, a little bit different when we talk about the offense, but you try and get the gist here. I'm not trying to just be like, oh, you know, forget the guys that helped us get here. But we definitely could find the scoring and the energy and all the other cliches that I could drop on this mic with our, within our prospect pool. So, you know, why isn't William Eklund in San Jose? I don't know. I think last time I checked, he had like a negative 11 over there in uh, Sweden. But I digress. We'll get back to this, uh, to the stuff we're going to cover today. Reimer, James Reimer. Not enough could be said about the goaltender. He literally carried the Sharks on his back again. I think it was 73 shots in the last two days. Or 73 saves. Pardon me. But I do know one thing. He was 39 for 40 last night. 0.925 save percentage. And, I mean, goodness gracious, man. Like, 40 shots. The Sharks are able to pull it off. Thank goodness. Uh, three, you know, they, they won the game 3-1 to one to two rooks and the newest Shark. So, um, but that was really, in my opinion, that was all Reimer. Uh, he was named the first star of the game last night, the tank, rightfully so. But uh, James Reimer is definitely, I mean, I know Aiden Hill is injured and you're not supposed to technically lose your, your position or necessarily lose your stat standing in terms of like, you know, the goalie competition, if it's even a thing anymore. But Reimer has definitely earned like, you know, the title, which is called official. There shouldn't be no more back and forth. He's earned the title of being the starting netminder and for all of us i'm guilty I'll, I'll admit it i'm guilty for all of us out there that said hey this guy needs some time off well he doesn't necessarily agree with us he pretty much said after the game that he does not intend on you know he'll never complain so you know what why take my word for it let's just listen into his post-game comments after last night's victory against the seattle kraken 
Uh, I mean, you know, when you're when you're winning, you feel a lot better than when you're losing. So, um, yeah, I mean, obviously, um, you know, we've had a couple games here in a row, but um, you know, like I said, I enjoy playing, I enjoy coming to the rink and working, and so, um, you know, I just, uh, yeah, it's fun to play. So, you know, I'll never, I'll never say I'm too tired to play. Yeah, you know, they're an honest, hardworking team. I mean, every time we play them, they play this hard, and and they. They don't turn the puck over much, and, and, they, and they play a pretty honest game. They get pucks to the net and live with some traffic, and, and uh, I think I just think they play their system and their, and their structure um, quite well. And so, um, you know, I'm sure they're, you know, obviously, you know, I, I don't know the ins and outs, and, and I don't know their coach, but you know, I'm sure, um, you know, I, I thought they played another a good game today too, and, and I, I thought we played a good game, and, and you know, that's just what happens in sports: is, is somebody has to win, somebody has to lose. And, and we just found a way to get, you know, some of those bounces. So obviously he recognizes, you know, the Sharks' previous struggles with the Kraken. But you, you heard it right there from his mouth. Like, this guy does not want to let go of, um, you know, his position in the crease. And he, he shouldn't. He really shouldn't. I mean, I think most of us out there in Sharks territory are thinking the logical and rational thing being, hey, this guy's going to need a break or else he's going to get burned out. And if we're trying to make the playoffs, you know, why not put Salchenko in there and take some, you know, games off of this guy's um, shoulders here. So if we do make it, you know, take one of those final wild card positions, the guy isn't, you know, burned out for the whole season performing you know just anyways but hey he, he he seems to be loving this opportunity and i wouldn't blame him you know it's not like every day especially goaltending right it's not like every um you know everyone gets this chance to really you know play and earn their way to be the starting goaltender i mean that's, that kind of sounds like oxymoron like well that's what people do in in hockey that's how they earn their starting positions every day but you know what i'm saying um someone like reimer where you know this guy you know he has maybe a few years left and i'm not even gonna say the rest because we're gonna enjoy you know the positive vibes and the highs of the victory from last night so but i'm pretty sure you get what i'm trying to say out there i'm still team sachenko i think we should put him in the net um rhymers played 12 games in a row now Bob Booner thought it was 18. I don't know. Again, I don't know what game he's watching. I don't know what team he's following, but um, he played 12 games in a row. His last uh, game he didn't start was back in January 20th. And within that stretch, he's played like this weekend, back to backs twice. So, Hey, if he has if he has more, you know, fuel in that tank and he feels like he doesn't need to sit one out, then by all means, you know, keep playing. Um, obviously the sharks are leaning on him hardcore, and that's all the praise I have for Reimer. Uh, one thing I do want to play for you though is Reimer recognizing, you know, um how significant losing Mario Ferraro on the ice and in that locker room will be for what could be about Six to eight weeks. That's what the San Jose Sharks official statement um, has said about the expected return for Mario Ferraro. Six to eight weeks. So you're talking about maybe the last couple of games of the season. Personally, I think as a Sharks fan, if we want to see 
Ferraro back on the ice, the Sharks have to make the playoffs because I think six to eight weeks might be pushing it. That's only two months. It might be three. He might be able to get the cast off in six to eight weeks, but <laughs> I don't know about, you know, playing in, on the ice. But again, you know, he has access to that top-notch medical care. Um, and um, not to compare, like, myself to an NHL player, but, you know, mine, I don't know the extent of his injury. Mine came off clean. Same uh, same part, fibula came off right clean. And, um, you know, it was pretty much just a matter of time for it to fuse together again, so to speak. Uh, obviously, he had to go through surgery, so... Hopefully there's no pins in there, you know what I'm saying? But the Sharks are saying six to eight weeks. Uh, he'll be taken care of for sure. But uh, here's Reimer on Mario Ferraro. Losing Mario is, is I mean, it's not, you know, tiptoe around it. Like, it's it's big. I mean, he's he's um, such a great guy and, and such a great leader in our room, and, and he brings um, such a good energy um, to everyone, you know. Um, <clears throat> And so it's it sucks to lose him, and, and you know on the ice he's he throws he throws everything at it. You know he's he's such a competitor, and so um, you know it really sucks to lose him, and and it takes a little something out of you, you know. And and I thought we, you know, we were able to put in a good push after that happened last night in the third. I mean we kind of found out pretty early that that it wasn't gonna be good news. Um, and then again today, I mean, yeah, I don't know if that's the reason for our start. You know, I think there's probably a bunch of reasons, but but again. Um, it sucks, but, but we, we got to find a way to, to rally around and, and, and everyone's got to chip in just like we did earlier in the year when we had guys out. You have to find you to find contributions from, from other guys. And other guys have to step up. And, and again, I think that's what happened today. I like the fact that Reimer is mentioning how they kind of went through this before. Obviously, it was from injury, but everyone knows that one of the one of the uh, biggest factors with the Sharks this season is the inability to have that roster like solid. And, you know, that comes in terms of injury, some even performances. I mean, Dolan's getting scratched. You know what I'm saying? Uh, from the coaching standpoint, apparently he has to improve his game. But, you know, everything from, from the injuries to the scratches to uh, COVID – um, this 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 roster has been affected heavily to the point where we were playing a stretch of games and we looked really good during that stretch of games. So we're playing a stretch of games early on this season where, you know, it was a, a mixture of AHL, NHL uh, roster, the CUDA and the Sharks. So I'm glad that Reimer, and you'll hear probably most of the Sharks players out there say this, I believe um, previous post games, Early on the season, they kind of referred to that time frame as well. But, you know, that next man up mentality, I'm glad to see that it's still there because that's devastating. Again, that's two of your top four defenders out with surgeries that could be season ending. Not because, you know, the, the injury is necessarily that severe, but because of the, the healing, the recovery time. But back to the point. You know, I, I'm glad to see that the Sharks are still trying to bring that compete. They're trying to continue to stride, hopefully for a playoff spot. I don't know. Let's not overreact now. Again, it's just the Kraken. <laughs> this is literally battle for the the bottom of the Pacific. <laughs> but, you know, 
I, okay, if, if I had any takeaways from this game, I'll say it's this, all right? The young players led the team. I've been saying this for a while, but if the Sharks want scoring depth, they need to put their best players in the lineup, and that means infusing the younger players in the prospect pools. The future is now. The future is now. And then the obvious one is, you know, the Sharks continue to ride on the back of Reimer. He is literally Optimus Ryan transforming into, you know, a shutdown goaltender. 39 saves on 40 shots. So that was nice. Um, oddly enough, because how the game went, where the Sharks looked like, you know, it was going to be a repeat of the Boston performance. They couldn't get the shots on net. They kind of were playing really um, easy hockey. Uh, Bugner kind of mentioned during post game that he wants the team identity to be a tough team. I think I mentioned that a couple of podcasts ago that he likes the he's into the physicality game. And I'm pretty sure he was loving the whole, um, you know, hits being put on by our boys until obviously, you know, there's a couple scraps in the game. It seems like, um, <laughs> it seems like Middleton just couldn't get enough. Right. Anyways, I digress. Um, I'm just glad to see the sharks, you know, are finally starting to, you know, um, put together a couple of wins in these past few games because we are going to need it. But uh, Middleton and uh, Jeremy uh, Luzon, Luzon, I'm not too sure on that last. I'm not going to lie. Um, <laughs> I don't care. They're the Kraken. Uh, but, yeah, they, they just couldn't keep themselves away from each other. Um, and, man, that, whew, that guy could fight. Anyways, um, but for, you know, before all that went down, Boogner was saying how he felt that the team identity, they want to be a tough team, and he felt that they were kind of easy to play against in the first. And the whole reason I'm bringing this up is that kind of reminds me of Peter DeBoer. Like right before Peter DeBoer was um, let go in San Jose, he called the Sharks team soft. So I find it kind of um, peculiar that Bob Boogner, you know, um, in his first full season, almost three years removed from the boar is, is kind of like, you know, um, echoing the same sentiment towards his team. If you didn't catch the video, he obviously was displeased with their practice uh, Saturday morning before they took on the Bruins. He had a mouthful for them. Uh, I believe it was Curtis Pashelka of the San Jose Mercury News who posted it on Twitter if you want to check it out. Anyways, that was the game. Quick uh, nod to Ferraro, you know, wishing you the best. Hopefully you recover. We hope that you are healthy. We hope it wasn't that severe. We've seen how it looked. You know, our, our prayers are going for you, man. We want to see you back on the ice uh, as soon as possible. The biggest news that I have for you this evening is in about three and a half hours three hours and 22 minutes to be exact here pacific standard time or as i like to call it you know a uh, shark city time zone adidas is about to bring back two epic bay area classic jerseys the san jose sharks 1991 inaugural look okay 
We're talking about the jersey with the V-neck is making a comeback and it will be on sale online in less than four hours. 150 bucks. Okay, that is a steal, in my opinion, for an Adidas throwback jersey. Like the Sharks have had heritage jerseys during their anniversaries. You know, we had the 25th, we had the 30th. And they all have kind of been like a nod to that history, but they've always been modern in terms of their jersey design. So in the 25th anniversary, when they had the Heritage jersey the first time around, that was the closest thing that Sharks territory and Sharks fans got to that first like look of those original teal and white threads. So far, they've only released a picture of teal. I'm a firm believer, and I'm hoping and praying that they got a white one that they're going to come out with soon. I don't know why they wouldn't, but let me get back to the, what I was trying to say. The Reebok Edge jersey was the closest thing that we've had to having that jersey, you know, in modern day um, since the, the early 90s, before the 98-99 season when they flipped it, you know, and they, they kind of um went to one of their more... Uh, in my opinion, probably a little bit more iconic looks. Um, that's what the reverse retro that Adidas came out with last season tried to play off of, but it was a complete miss. You know, that jersey was a hit in the past, so you had to do it right. But um, back to tonight, the Adidas um, Arrow Ready Team Classic jersey is the official name. They're throwing it back, not just the V, the you know, the V-neck collar look, but they're putting a patch that is resembling, um, you know, the, the 90s patch. That's how you get its authenticity. That's how you know that this is, like, legitimate. Because that's the other thing, too. Why I'm excited about this jersey making a comeback. That style is up until tonight. The only way you're able to get those threads was if someone, like, kitted it for you. Typically, you ordered it out of Canada, and it was kitted. Like, you know, someone's pretty much paste, or sewing it together for you. This is going to be the first time that it's been in production officially for the National Hockey League since the 90s. You know I'm going to cop one of those. Now, even probably more epic. More epic. Nah, definitely not more epic. But I'm trying to boast it up, so I'm just going to stick on that vibe. Um, of of a um, of a comeback jersey is going to be the California Golden Seals. The California Golden Seals jersey will be released. I want to say it is in a couple days later. I'm going to try to check that for you right now. But nonetheless. This is the first time the California Golden Seals official jersey has been in production since, what, 1976? So we're talking about two Bay Area iconic threads and styles finally coming back to the shelves. Get them while you can. I'm praying that Adidas has a white 1991 jersey so we can have a complete set as Sharks fans. We'll see what happens. Right now, if you look it up, if you Google on your phone, you will see everything that they have available for that lineup. And the first ones for the Sharks drop tonight. All right. 
man, I'm excited. I'm not going to lie. Um, like I said earlier, the, the Reebok Edge was the closest thing we got to it, but it still had that uh, NHL patch kind of looking, um, the logo, like underneath the collar. And then the most recent one, the 30th anniversary, someone made a comment about um, how it kind of looks like a bow tie almost. like Or not bow tie, but it looks like a tie, like it's formal, like a tie underneath like a, a sweater kind of thing. And then someone, a <laughs> uh, couple, couple of, um, of fans out there were pointing out how pretty much Reebok, or excuse me, Adidas is doing like, you know, a CCM version. Because they're even putting their logo like on the lower uh, right uh, back of the jersey. So like they're... they're bringing it back uh, the jersey if you're interested is kind of following the themes of you know it's, it's an arrow ready so it's following the themes of the jerseys that they have now uh, the regular ones that are so you know it's made of recycled materials and it um you know it's, it's has some type of like woven technology that's meant to like you know keep you dry you know i'm, I'm assuming that is if you decide to play in it or maybe if you, you know, accidentally spill a little bit of beer, but never spill beer on a Sharks jersey, especially if it has that original crest. So I'm excited to say the least. If you can't tell, I'm super juiced. I ain't going to lie. Uh, I am not just looking forward to, to the old school look, but I'm looking forward to that throwback to Bay Area heritage to our hockey, the first hockey team in the Bay, California Golden Seals, for a brief moment of time, they're the Oakland Seals. So those jerseys are back in production. And, um, you know, it's been since 1976 before they took off to Cleveland. Technically, the Seals history is owned by the Dallas Stars for some of you out there who, you know, are keeping track. And the reason that is, is Gordon Gunn III, the original owner of the Sounds of Sharks. Uh, one of the stipulations of him opening up a Barry hockey key team again in 91 with San Jose was that he had to sell um you know his portion to what was then the Minnesota North Stars so they inherited the history I believe Cleveland Barons is what Oakland or California Golden Seals became when they moved there and then I believe that team just was infused and it was like all like a roster mashup just Minnesota North Stars and then they moved to Dallas so technically the Dallas Stars, oddly enough, I mean, not so much anymore, but in the past, like in the 90s and 2000s, Dallas Stars was one of our one of our bitter rivals. But um, oddly enough, you know, they own Bay Area history. So I'm glad that when they brought it back, they put the word California Golden Seals because I don't care what the technicality is on that. Um, that jersey and that history belongs to the Bay. All right. Um, so... You know, just to wrap up the podcast, we've been talking for about half an hour now. That's pretty much all the the biggest news I got for you, you know, recapping and reacting to last night's game. Um, you know, keeping you updated with the whole Mario Ferraro thing. Or Mario, pardon me. And, um, you know, just super excited to see the, the rookies get their, their first goal this season. Excuse me. Um, and, you know, just seeing the infusion of, of these uh, young athletes like like here's the death scoring that people have been complaining about like they've been on the cuda so you know let's let's see what let's see what happens i'm i'm really trying to play off this whole like seasonal thing here the sharks you know going into march you know springtime's coming along 
the winners going behind us. So hopefully all these all this losing is um you know hopefully it's going to be left in the month of February. So um again, just to recap, the Sharks played 8 games this month and we've only won 2. Two of those victories have came in the previous 3 games, so you know, we might be we might be warming up. We might be warming up. Uh, for those keeping track of attendance, by the way, Boston Bruins was one of the biggest, um, almost close to sellouts for the year, 17,260. Check out the previous podcast for our reaction on why we think that number was so high. However, they had a decent showing last night, too, against Seattle for a Sunday night. 13,171 is the official uh, announced attendance for tickets sold. Um, so... You know, it kind of dropped a little bit, but, you know, it was a giveaway. It was a Saturday night, um, and Boston Bruin fans seem to travel well. So, looking ahead, tomorrow, Sharks are at Vegas, Golden Knights, and Sharks are, um, you know, going to get an opportunity to score off once again. We haven't seen much of them um, until just most recently. Uh, most of our games, are, I believe, are scheduled to play out in the second half of the season. So the Sharks have an opportunity to, you know, um, build some more ground. Right now, after 53 games, only 54 points. We're seventh in the NHL Pacific Division. Uh, 24, 23, and 6. Um, you know, the, the odds to make the playoffs are not even worth mentioning right now, but we'll see how it goes. For the month of March, following tomorrow's game at Vegas, we take on the Predators at home. Then we have a trip to SoCal. Oddly enough, the Kings, we play back-to-back home-for-home series. But we have the Ducks, the Kings. We have the Kings four times in, 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 in like a, a five-game stretch. So here it is in sequential order, okay? Vegas Golden Knights, Nashville Predators, Anaheim Ducks, LA Kings, LA Kings, Florida Panthers, LA Kings. Oh my goodness. Colorado Avalanche, the Arizona Coyotes, the Calgary Flames, a trip down to, or up to Edmonton, I'd rather say, for a part two of the whole Kane saga. I think it's done at this point. Uh, Anaheim Ducks. Arizona Coyotes and the Colorado Avalanche. That's a look ahead for Sharks hockey. That's a lot of games. That's a lot of games to go down in the month of March. So, you know, hopefully the Sharks will find a way to start winning. And hopefully they can do it often because I want to see some playoff hockey. I really do. I want to see hockey in the month of May because this season due to some of these delays and um, rescheduling the final game of the season takes place April 29th it's at Seattle so if you want to travel if it might be the Sharks last game of the year if they can't make it to the you know a wild card spot and you haven't been to the new Seattle Climate Pledge Arena that might be something worth uh, traveling to but that's going to be April 29th I think this is the first time I ever recall the season ending so like so deep into the month of April. It's usually early. So yeah, we want to see hockey in May here in Sharks territory. Anyways, 
Uh, tell me what you all think and feel out there. Obviously, if you can see, if you're watching a video, you can see that if you ever want to be a part of the podcast, you could do so by visiting our podcast messaging service. It is speakpipe.com forward slash Shark City Hockey. Um, you have up to five minutes, five minutes to let us know what you think and feel or react to the latest Sharks news and game. It, it, it's all it's all pretty much open mic. Just keep it clean. Um, and that'll be your opportunity to be a part of the show. In terms of tonight, unfortunately, we're not going to get there because this is pretty much where I say good night to the rest of y'all. It's been almost two full periods of regulation hockey. And um, I think that's all. All we got for this Monday evening. So thank you again for following the show. If you're not following us across social media, you could find us at Shark City Hockey on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Obviously, we broadcast live. This is your only podcast that's fan-created and fan-distributed, unedited, and broadcasting live across multi-platforms. That's right. YouTube, Instagram, Twitch, and Facebook. Of course, you can find all of our podcasts archived at SharkCity.com. I am Aaron James. Thank you all for your time tonight. You all have a great rest of your week. We'll probably get together in a couple days to discuss the Vegas Golden Knights and Sharks results. Till then, let's go Sharks.